0: Welcome to the Ann Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wurtz. I'm Brock Martin.
1: And I'm Doctor Andrew Swafford.
0: Today's a historic day. Roe v. Wade was overturned. Today's a historic day. The Supreme Court voted six three to overturn Roe versus Wade. Praise
2: God on the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's Big right. Deal. Big great deal.
0: time now. Uh, this has been overturned on a federal level, so now abortion is now a state by yes. state decision. But we wanted to drop a special episode today on the day to talk about this. Uh, we're here with Dr. Andrew Swafford out of Benedictine College. Dr. Swafford, thanks for joining us.
1: No, it's great to be with you all.
0: Dr. Swafford. from your perspective, we're looking at faith and politics. We're looking at this major decision, uh, this historic decision coming down today. What are some of your initial thoughts?
1: And on the solemnity of the sacred heart. Um, so just an amazing, amazing day. Uh, you know, John Paul II, uh, Some people look at him as almost having two pontificates, the first part where he's preaching against communism, he's defending human rights, but he really worried that after communism fell in 89 and even in his own native Poland, would his own native Poland embrace the worst of Western license, uh, the worst of Western freedom. And so he really, if you look at um, he wrote in 91, 93, 95, um, he's really basically making the case that if you really want to build a free and just society, it has to be built upon a stable and objective moral order. And that has to begin with the fundamental, innate, inviolable dignity of every human life Mm -hmm. from conception to natural death. We're not, this isn't a, you know, everyone wants to make this like a religious issue. And obviously faith illumines this, but we're not fighting over whether Trinity Sunday should be a national holiday. Mm. We're fighting over the things that are really accessible to reason that yes, are illumined by faith, um, but they're really accessible to right reason. But I think we, we're naive to to you know to forget uh, if we forget that the inviolable dignity of every human person human rights like that has not been a universal thing right plato and Aristotle, as great as they were they didn't get that right, right. so the image and likeness of god that we're all created in if, if you look at modernity in so many ways it's kind of like if you take catholicism and you just blow it up and it's scattered for you know some human rights over there some social justice there some environment there modernity is like the scattered you know fragmented pieces of the catholic faith and what we want to do is put them all back together and really show how this is not anti-human. This is about living the fully human life. Love yeah,
3: love I love
2: that. Yeah, I love that. Archbishop Chaput talked about how the right to life is fundamental. Mm-hmm. And every if you don't build principles or an ideology on that basic thing, you build it on sand. And so that 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 point, I love your, your modernity scattered Catholic pieces all over. Yep. We need to bring it back. And I think it, it's got to be on that fact of human dignity from conception to natural death. And this moment is unbelievably historic. Totally. Yeah. The day, the timing, gosh, good grace, praise God. But the battle is still um, immensely in front of us because now it goes all 50 states. So it's not yep. a holiday from the pro-life movement, from promoting the dignity of the child. And we as men, I think, need a step even more into that because, A, we can taste the opportunity, right? Already some states yeah. are already passing laws to outlaw abortion, or at least at certain certain yep. stages of, yep. of pregnancy. We're in the state of Colorado, guys, where it did the exact opposite. opposite yeah. Now this is yeah. the worst state allowing abortions, at I think, All even the to the birth. day of your yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. to birth.
0: I mean, a battle has been won, and we have to acknowledge yes. that, and we have to yep. glorify God for that. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We will mm-hmm. remember— you know the day and the place where we were when we Roe versus tonight on Wade day, yes. was overturned we'll remember yeah. that and that's incredible but uh, but it's just a battle the bo- the war is still being fought for mm-hmm. this right to life and the reality is is now there are 50 more decisions yes. to be made uh to be fought after and so if you're listening to this and you're in a state other than Kansas where Andy Swafford is or in Colorado where we are, it's time to get active. It's time to step up to the plate and to realize, Let's okay, go. now you have a local battle Let's go. to fight. Um, but I, yeah. I it, so faith in politics is, is so real and it's so important. We have to be engaged. I, I believe we have a moral obligation to participate in politics. I yes. do believe that. At the same time, it is not the laws that pass or don't pass that will change the hearts and the lives and the minds of our of the individuals, right? There is a greater battle at hand. And yep. I we need to talk about how do we continue to pursue the hearts and the minds of individuals for conversion? Because if everyone believed that it is a life within a mother's womb, no laws would need to exist. Exactly. Yeah.
3: No, I love that we're talking about this. We have to live in this tension of celebrating the fact that uh, we were kind of talking about this before we hit record that in my memory, this is the first big political news that has been good news in a long time. You know, Mm -hmm. Whether it be stuff with marriage and family, with abortion, most of the headlines I've seen in my life have been like the U.S. political system going the wrong direction, and mm-hmm. so we want to celebrate that this is this is a movement in the right direction. But to your point, Steve, we we're in the tension of this is that this is just beginning. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, where the laws are, we're still there are still men and women in this country who think that that is okay, and that's the problem. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of you know the, those video footages of mother Teresa on the floor of Congress telling the United States Congress that, you know, abortion is this crazy moral evil and that the, the spiritual poverty in the West mm-hmm. is, is more intense than the physical poverty in Calcutta, India, which that alone is, is worth thinking about for a while, but, but progress is being made, but that, that moral depravity that this is even a conversation we are having means that there is tremendous work for us mm-hmm. men to do. And that's where I'd love for this conversation to go. Great. We're in a post ro world. Um, what does that mean for Catholic men? What are the things that we should be focusing on and engaging in mm-hmm. uh, to continue to make sure that the gospel is being proclaimed? Because that is, that's the battle. We need, yep. to, we need to proclaim the gospel.
2: One of the things that, that frustrates me, Andy, and I want to get your take in, here on this, is, is the, the fear to step into the public square as Catholics. Yes, the gospel is the ultimate message, 100%. But it's still important to shape how we live as humans. And the laws aren't the ultimate thing, Steve, 100%. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like <clears throat> bumpers, though, that help, help yeah. those of us that aren't yet embracing the gospel yeah, to hopefully sure. yeah. respect human dignity and some of these basic natural goods. So we need to speak and we need to promote them. We need to infuse them with these gospel values to help those who haven't heard the gospel yet still thrive in life. And, I, you know, Jesus himself, he, he shook it up. When he was preaching, right, mostly in the religious ranks, the, the, the Pharisees and those in the Jewish, the, the, the sheep in wolves' clothing or the wolves in sheep's clothing, that's right, right, the empty tombs. I don't know, Andy, put you on the spot, but some of the, some of the ways that Jesus stepped out into the public with his preachings that were, for his day, a little radical, wh- how does that fit in? Is that an example for us, or was that too isolated into kind of the religious realm?
1: Well, no, I mean, I don't think so at all. And this is the whole theme of John Paul II's Evangelium Vitae Gospel of Life, that the gospel of life is part of the gospel, right? The gospel is not just like spiritual, private, ethereal. It subsumes all of human life, including the natural law. And it brings that. So it's all part of it. So our witness has to be in the public square. Um, I think one piece of maybe advice that I, I give, this is just how I tend to go about, it, is is be very clear on teaching principles, M- meaning, and I, th- I think we have to, we want to celebrate, as y'all are saying. I think we want to be careful not to gloat mm-hmm. in the faces of our, our, if you will, political enemies. If you, mm-hmm. in order we, we don't, there's a, there's a, I mean, we should celebrate. This is a huge milestone, historic victory. I do think we want to listen. Uh, as to what their chief concerns are, and, and obviously some are going to be a complete no go. But where we can to build to build bridges, and at least to 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 not be you know to not be classless victors, if, if yes. you will. Yeah. But but I, so I tend to teach on principle principles of the fundamental right to life. I, I read Saint Tessimus Anus, uh, John Paul II's social encyclical, in my moral theology class, and, and the students are surprised to see Catholic social teaching really fundamentally revolves around the dignity of every human person, Mm -hmm. that there's not like this animosity between Catholic social justice or Catholic social thought uh, and right to life. Rather when it's properly understood, the dignity of every human being and the right to life, that's foundational and everything else is an expression, articulation of what that means. And so sometimes um, if this is making any sense, so I tried not to, I tried to avoid because let's face it. Like so many in our culture think, okay, Christianity, that's a, White Midwestern uh Republican thing, right? It's like, no, no, you know nothing about global and historical Christianity if that's what you think. And so mm-hmm. I try to kind of be the sign of contradiction, not in a like both sides and like it doesn't really matter kind of way, but just to kind of to not let them to kind of preemptively take away that obstacle that they might place. So so it might be abundantly clear. I mean, I thought Shep Hugh, Archbishop Shep was a long time Archbishop of, of Denver uh, a long time ago before Aquila. He said it, I think, so well. He's like, well, to vote for a pro-abortion candidate because they're pro-abortion, that would be a grave and mortal sin. Mm -hmm. Um, But what might you you might be voting for them because there's there's certain proportionate goods that you're like, well, I don't like the abortion part, but I really like these other things. And he had this line. He said, well, what would be proportionate to kind of justify that? He's like, well, um, as long as you're comfortable explaining in the next life to those unborn who lost their life, why their lives were worth whatever goods you were going to get, then I'll let you go with it, which is just a rhetorically incredibly powerful thing. So I think it's important that our witness not be overly political, that it's not like we're just a a lobbyist group of of one political party. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to be I think we need to teach principles of human dignity, which are timeless, which are universal, which are not just about America. It's about the whole world, and the whole church. Um, that said, we need to be reflective and, you know, we can't, sim- there's a book that came out a number of years ago called what's wrong with Kansas. Um, uh, <laughs> and it's really about people vote with their pocketbook. And I, I know the pocketbook, we are hurting gas prices. We're hurting all the way around, but we can never cease to be moral voters. Right. Um, th- th- this, this is who we are. This is our legacy this is our witness. Um, so we have to get out there. I guess I'm trying to strike the balance. We have to engage. We have to vote. We have to be out there and support people that are supporting uh, the principles guided by the natural law. Um, but we have to watch our witness being overly politicized because I think yeah. it undermines our ability to preach the gospel. I think it, it sets up obstacles uh, for some people to come to Christ that we don't need to set up.
0: Andy, you talk about the dignity of a person, and what just struck me as you were talking about that is the unborn baby who's being killed, the mother who is going through the abortion. Today, this is still happening. Right now, today, You know, a mother is having an abortion. The doctor is giving it, and the man who was involved in the pregnancy, they are not our enemy. They were created in the image and likeness of God. They are, have the same dignity that the four of us have. Yeah. They are not our enemy. We have a greater enemy out there. And as certain state politicians are coming out saying this, our state is going to be abortion free. We're going, you know, we are going the distance. There are other state politicians that are saying, "Come here, we are going to be an open door for abortions." Yeah. They are not our enemy either. So how do we approach this? Because we will today, the world will hear loud voices singing praise, but it will hear loud voices singing uh, animosity, hatred, evil. How do we practically as men approach both sides of the spectrum?
3: I, yeah, I want to pile on that because I, I, I was going to say the, literally the exact same <laughs> thing, Steve. Uh, I think the human dignity piece, it's very easy for probably most of the guys listening to this to, to get that when it comes to the unborn baby. Mm-hmm. I think we still get it, but probably less poignantly with the mother. Mm-hmm. I think many of our listeners and even ourselves will be challenged to see that dignity in the politicians who are on the other side or mm-hmm. the or the loud voices saying yeah. the opposite of what we're saying. Yeah. The you know, the the Pelosi's, the AOC's. I love the language of you Steve. that they are actually the prize. They are not the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that is something I think all of us can wrestle with. Mm-hmm. And I think for men, as we think, what does this look like for a post-Roe world? Most of the people on the other side of, of the of this voting spectrum, people that would be promoting abortion are not evil people. Most mm-hmm. of them actually really deeply understand the dignity of the mothers in these situations. They're not they're not evil people who want to see babies murdered in the streets. They are people whose heart breaks for these mothers who are mm-hmm. in in really tragic tragic situations. Their solution to that problem is the problem. Their solution to that problem is to terminate the pregnancy. We as men need to see and feel a tremendous responsibility that that is the culture that we need to go to battle for. We need to play our part in building a culture where women who are in this situation have a dozen options that make sense for them that don't include abortion because there's a culture that's going to take care of their physical needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs in this tragic situation. And I think it's really helpful thinking about dignity for us to know that the people on the other side of the aisle or people who may be voting for abortion are not evil people. They just, mm-hmm. the, the problem that they are focusing on is the problem of the mother in that situation. And I think for us, that can be really helpful as we engage in these conversations. When we, When we're talking with people who may think differently than us, to know that we're not just trying to win an argument, we're trying to win their heart, to win their soul. Mm-hmm. And if we can speak about these principles and how they relate to the dignity of the mother, the dignity of the father, the dignity of the baby, uh, I think that will do us a tremendous service. And we're not just going in guns a blazing, hammering people with the catechism, like you said, SwaF, we're not, we're not gloating that this happened. Uh, we want to bring those principles of the dignity of the human person into all of these conversations.
1: I agree a thousand percent. This is just wonderful what you're saying. I I mean, number one, we cannot shame women who have had abortions or are considering it. We need to see them as part of the victims. We need to have pity for them. Um, You know, we need to do our part individually. I mean, marriage, for example, that really is an institution that protects women and children, right? And we need to be real men. The other thing I'd say, um, and and I've studied a lot of, you know, John Paul II uh, and his, his engagement with communism, um, one of the things that he did is he built coalitions, he built alliances with people that, you know, maybe some of them were atheists, but they were like communist, you know, dissidents uh, because of human rights violations. In other words, I think we have to build bridges where we can. We have to find we, we can't. I mean, I really would encourage our listeners, even if you might vote a certain way. Resist the temptation to say GOP is always right and I'm yeah. against everything a Democrat puts forth. Find places where you can build bridges, where it can be the sign of contradiction, where we can help, we can see what they're after. Uh, because really a lot of the countries in the middle. I mean, a lot of the country, when you ask them, You know do you think abortion should be completely illegal you know a lot of people probably are uncomfortable with that if you just take a poll across the country but if you say do you do you think there should be no restrictions on abortion we should be able to abort up until the day of birth like most americans like no we of course there should be at least some restrictions so i think two things we got to build bridges where we can without compromise but build bridges where we can and then two, not be afraid to work incrementally Hmm. right so we're not going to be able to get the same things in every state but we can't just like give up because we're not willing to work with anybody. I just, I think we have to, I'll just give you an anecdote. Okay. So in some of my extended family, I, there's, there's some same sex couples. Um, and many, many years ago um, I realized that, you know, if I'm like, not if, if I, I don't have to be mean to them, but like, let's say if I'm like, just not super friendly, don't talk to them one Thanksgiving or whatever, they're going to interpret my silence as, well, oh, that's, he's the Catholic wacko. He hates me. Yeah. So years ago, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to preemptively contradict their narrative. I'm going to go out of their, my way every time to talk to them, see how they're doing. And like 10 years into this, and I wasn't mean fake, I was, but it was, it was a self-conscious thing. One of them said to me is like, you know, you're the most religious guy here. And I would think you would hate me the most, but you're like the nicest person here to me. You talk to me the most. We have to be the sign of contradiction. We cannot put our head into a noose and play into a narrative that's already there. Because if there's a narrative that's already there and we do one thing that's remotely seems to confirm it or even not undermine it, boom. The the you know the, the it's it's the the chains are locked in and we can't get out of that. So I, I really think right now, yes, celebrate. Don't gloat. We need to look for ways we can build bridges and and accomplish. I mean if there's things where we can help mothers, whether it's adoption or whether it's those in poverty, what, what we, we have to be fully Catholic and not just think with American lenses, um, build bridges and not be afraid to work incrementally.
2: 100%, There's, I think there was a, an attempt at the law here to outlaw abortion except in cases of like incest or rape, or maybe it was up to like 15 weeks. Or there was some incremental thing. And there were people right. on on our side, pro-life people, that said that's not enough and they didn't support it. And at loss, you're like, man, that was the incremental steps that we needed. They're not our enemy. We love them, right? I 100% on that. I want, for those of you that think, okay, great, I don't don't need to engage that, or I can be overly compassionate to the sense of a sentimentalism to approach them with just, oh, yeah, you're great. I want to make sure that we come at it with love but a fiercity as well, right? Jesus went after the Pharisees. And he should have. And I know part of it was to draw them to conversion, right? To shake them out of their their ignorance, their error. And I want us to also realize that we still have to come at this with fierce spirit to call people to conversion. But yeah, it always has to be couched in love. It's love with truth, yeah. not just simply love mm-hmm. without truth. And I know none of you are saying the opposite, but just to, I want to make that point uh, because I think it's true and it's hard to especially on social media, to build bridges. But definitely in day, daily life with our neighbors, with people we come across, so important to have that real connection so that we can give them a chance to see us, to get to know us for that sign of contradiction, Andy. Beautiful example yep. in your family's life. Um, and then to find opportunities to
3: speak truth into their life with tremendous love and concern and respect. Yeah. Love the principles we're discussing. What, what are some practical things... That, that men can do today, tomorrow, this week. Um, one thing that I'll throw out there is what are you supporting financially with your almsgiving? Hmm. Like what are the pregnancy resource centers that are going to, to have a lot more demand that are com- coming up in the next couple of weeks? Who are those, maybe those couples who are struggling with fertility? My wife and I are in this boat right now. Like, it it may be the case that the lord is is showing us that the reason we have not been blessed with more children is to to stand in the breach and be ready to accept children i don't know but that's something that my wife and i are talking about uh so i would offer that what are what are the things that we're supporting and how how can we see the role that we can play as as vitally important a, in in building this culture
2: i'll jump on that the uh i think planned parenthood is there's a satanic piece of this right? The killing and slaughtering of innocents. And so there's a lot of organizations that fund Planned Parenthood that support Planned Parenthood or abortion in some way. I like the idea not to like become cancel culture, but to really look at where are we spending our money um, in, the, in the public realm, Com- commercial business, stuff like that. Can we support Christian companies, Catholic companies that maybe are providing the same product rather than these big, huge corporations that actually are funding what we're trying to stop?
1: I think the money is a great, great. I mean, when you, we all worship something, we all have a matter of all consuming concern and, and, and we can say one thing, but where our our money goes, our time, our emotional, psychological energy, like that's what we worship. So I think looking at the money is, is big. Maybe just to piggyback on that, I think, you know, there was a, um, an Atchison here and by the way, Kansas is a great state. We do have an important vote coming up in the fall. Um, basically that will protect Kansas's ability to uh, have regulations and restrictions on, on abortion. So pray for Kansas. It's, you know, all, all is not perfect in uh, Dorothy's land. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was a pregnancy crisis, a crisis pregnancy center in Atchison for a while. And it eventually, uh, one of my colleagues in philosophy, Jim Madden is the one who kind of, uh, he and his wife founded it and, and it eventually fizzled out. And he ran into some, some roadblocks where, um, you know, people that, uh, frankly would, would call themselves pro-life. Like, why would I, why would I help you with that? Uh, I mean, respectfully, this is terrible, but the the sense was like, tell these sluts to stop sleeping around. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, are you an, are you an idiot? Like uh, this is, and so I would just say that the money thing is look, look for places that are authentically Catholic that are doing maybe some of the hard work that, you know, maybe we're not doing every day. Like if there's a crisis pregnancy center, like give them, give them some money. I mean, so find ways to kind of put our money where our mouth is either not giving money to satanic things that you're talking about, but also like, where's something different that I could also give alms to, um, that again, be, is that sign of contradiction that isn't simply uh, again, I'm not taking away from this, but isn't simply a vote, isn't simply funding a campaign of a pro-life candidate, but it's also like funding someone on the ground, helping women in trouble and giving them a different option.
2: Well, that, no, that's huge. That's a witness to love, right? Yep. Like I'm sure we don't have to look f- far right. to find some pregnant woman who's being heroic because she's not married or whatever. And she's yeah. choosing life. Can yep. we help that that, that woman and then that child that's that's going to be right in front of us in less than nine months. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's a very, very practical and very significant point to make because yeah. it's love and we have to come, a, come alongside these people in need and crisis pregnancy is so, so tough. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, thank God, but the psychological, emotional, sociological pressures that that woman is facing and for her to say, I'm going to keep this baby is unreal. And we got to come behind that hundred oh, percent. Totally. I mean, this is
1: kind of an examination for myself too. I'm really talking to myself, but like, I, I do think, you know, am I as willing as, as willing as I am to pray at an abortion clinic? Am I that willing to maybe, maybe volunteer for a little while right. at a crisis pregnancy center? I mean, I think a lot of pro-life people might pay lip service to that, but man, can we get behind that and talk the talk?
0: Yep. That's good. These are great points. We need to love everyone. Absolutely. But we also need to challenge them and challenge ourselves in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own actions. Therefore, some things that we can do. I think we need to actually step up in dialogue about this. And so today's a big day. So as you're listening to this podcast, who are you talking to about this? And I'm not saying debate and argue, but I am saying dialogue. Who, Who can you share this podcast with who might not necessarily think the same as we do, but we can have a dialogue with them about that. And I think we need to do that. We do need to vote. I think we have a moral obligation to vote. And I think, as Andy said, when you go to vote, ask yourself the question, what What things am I voting for in the sacrifice of children? If you're willing to, to lean on that, just look at how you're voting. Financially support and volunteer at pregnancy centers or adoption agencies. Adoption is not cheap. Uh, We adopted our son and it's not a a cheap or easy process. So who do you know out there who is in that process that you could even help them out with financial uh, assistance? We could not have adopted our son without the financial support. Of other missionaries and other great people in our life who helped us through that, and I think lastly, continue to pray. And and I I don't say this passively, like oh everyone can pray and then you don't have to do the other things. But we actually have to pray for the politicians, for the mothers who are debating these decisions, for the doctors, for the men who are also being unchaste. Um, we need to we need yep. to pray. And I don't do that enough i don't pray by name for planned parenthood and for the people who work there yep. and for and i don't pray by name for the pregnancy crisis centers and the people who work there. Mm -hmm. I just don't. And I don't pray for the politicians and the Supreme Court justices who are on the opposite side as we are. I don't pray for them by name, and and I need to. I need to pray for their conversion. That's a kick in the pants. Um, And so I I think we need to do that as well as being active. Guys, what a day. Uh, There's a lot to celebrate, but I kind of feel like we're just rolling up our sleeves. Getting started. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to get to work as we continue to fight and dialogue and pray for a culture of life
2: in our country and in our world i love your this is a huge battle but the war is still going i love that that vision
0: yep Yep. that's it for today dr andrew swafford thank you for joining us on the man catholic podcast excited to have you thanks for having me on join us and look forward to next time that's it for today god bless (laughs)